With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Learn the art of filmmaking with Spike Lee or how to bring your creative vision to life with Issa Rae. Try songwriting with Alicia Keys and cooking with Gordon Ramsay. The possibilities are endless. With over 100 world-class instructors ready to teach you, that thing you always wanted to do is closer than you think. Get 15% off your annual membership today at masterclass.com slash save. That's masterclass.com slash save. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms like Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Deezer, iHeart Music, Amazon Music. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and our great, great friends over at Rosie's Corner. If you are in and around Central New York, make sure you stop by for the delicious garlic parm wings, pizza, lunas, burgers, and more. Fish Friday, of course, every week. At Rosie's Corner, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Also wanted to throw a tip of the cap thank you out there to the Whitaker and Swan families for their support of the platter as well. Let's talk some Buffalo Sabres hockey. I got two really great guests uh, for this particular show uh, with my good pal Bill Hoppy, buffalohockeybeat.com. Make sure you go check out all of his work there, uh, and you can get him on Twitter, of course, as he's constantly throwing content out, constantly uh, covering the Sabres, covers the Rochester Americans and the AHL on his off-Sabre nights, just killing it right now, putting in a ton of work. At Bill Hoppy NHL again, Olean Times Herald and uh, Buffalo Hockey Beat Sabers Insider and Beatman, and also a contributor to WBFO as well. Billy, welcome aboard, bud. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Mike. Same to you. Thank you, Bill. Uh, so let, let's look at this the, the Sabers here. I mean, recent games in April. I, I mean, I know this is a, a lost season, <laughs> to be kind. But they have been playing better, right? So, what is the what what is it that you see that's been at least a mini turnaround here for them? Well, it has been a mini turnaround, and like you say, it, it, it's it's been a lot better. And it's a small sample size, of course. But I, I think the biggest thing is a new coach, and I liked Ralph Kruger, and I thought he did a pretty good job last year, and even in the beginning of this this season. But it was just it just wasn't working, and it just it wasn't, you know, a couple of weeks. I mean, they lost 18 straight games, and it was just so broken. And I think Don Granado's come in, he, come in here, and he's really had an impact on on the guys. And, and they've they're a normal team again. I think you can kind of say, at least based on this past week or two. I think he's just he has them playing to their strengths. I think he's instilled a lot of confidence in them through that, and it's been an interesting process just to see see them improve over these past couple of weeks. Um, they have such a loaded schedule and practice time is at such a premium, but uh, they went hard. They went long in some practices uh, with a game the next day when they had just played it, which is pretty, I mean, you don't see that very often, but he knew they might take a hit short term, but long term, uh, he, he figured they had to just, he had to instill his system, uh, get across his message. The players had to learn everything. And you're starting to see them uh, uh, reap the benefits of uh, those those practices a couple of weeks ago. You know, one thing that I think has been has been really solid through the whole year, even during the winning or the losing streak, I should say, 
or it just seemed like they, they would never get a win. I mean, I'm sure that's how it felt covering the team. Like, are they ever going to win a game? Um, the, the, goal, the goaltending, I mean, I, there were a couple of bad games in that losing streak, of course, Billy, and, and, and you know that, but I don't think the goaltending could be labeled in the horrendous category. I mean, I think Hutton's hung in there. I think Allmark has hung in there, and now Tukarski, uh in there uh, as we record this here. Um you know, his, his at, 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 you know, had his moments where he's hung in there. I'm not saying that any of these guys have played like Patrick Wah or Hashik, but but they're but they they've I think they've hung in there. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, I think the goaltending hasn't been the problem. I think Linus Allmark's been very good. I think Hutton at, uh, has been a little suspect at times, um, but I think I, I think any goaltending problems you would perceive are more of the team varieties and just, you know, being hung out to dry. I mean, even a game they, they won on Tuesday. I mean, Linus Allmark bailed them out. Yes. But, yes. Uh, I, I, he bailed them out uh, during the game at times. And he, if there was one save that he, uh, you know, he, he totally bailed them out, but I mean, they, the devils just put in a rebound. So, I mean, there's still, I mean, there's still some breakdowns, but they've been a lot better defensively. But uh, I, I think goaltending has, not, uh, you know, if you, if you ranked all the issues, goaltending would not be at the top of my list. And, and but since they've come back, there has been better goaltending. Excuse me, since Linus Allmark has come back, there's been uh, just better goaltending. I mean, he's he's emerging as a top flight, top tier NHL starting goalie. And uh, I mean, just one more save a game or or just whatever. I mean, that's going to make a huge huge difference. And we've seen him. Uh, kind of rise to the forefront here again. I mean, he's he's in my opinion their MVP. And Dustin Tokarski, he's an interesting guy. I mean, he was a guy who he played on an AHL contract last year. He didn't have an NHL deal. I mean, he hadn't played an NHL game in uh, over four years since a relief appearance with Anaheim in early 2016-17. But he's worked his way back, and he's 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 been strong in my opinion. Uh, he didn't get a lot of help in his early appearances, and uh, I thought Saturday he didn't win the game, but. He, they totally got to overtime because of his performance. He stole the Sabres a point. Excuse me, that was Friday's game. But he stole the Sabres a point just through, you know, his goaltending. So I, I think uh, goaltending's been all right recently. Bill Hoppy, BuffaloHockeyBeat.com. The Sabres beat man and insider. Make sure you get him on uh, Twitter. A, a must follow there at Bill Hoppy NHL and BuffaloHockeyBeat.com. Again, for all the terrific content covering the Buffalo Sabres. You know, Sam Reinhart has been a guy who I think has been really good this year um, and, and still a, a, such a key piece, uh, such a talent, so young still. What have you seen out of him this season? Yeah, he's probably been one of the few bright spots as far as putting up numbers. I, I still am not sure that he's uh, a superstar or, or he's not a superstar, Uh he might not, not be, sure. but he could still be a pretty right. good second option on a, on a really good line, you know? Oh, definitely. I'm not sure he's as well-rounded as they would have liked him to be at this point of his career, mm-hmm. six years in. But, yes, he has been one of their 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 few bright spots. But you, you wonder what his future is here because it's been six years. They haven't sniffed the playoffs. Right. I mean, they've just had an awful season. And you just wonder with the new regime, another new regime, I should say, uh, if they just kind of turn the page, if they want a, a, a fresh, a fresh start or a fresh look at things, and, and they trade him. I mean, he has value. I mean, he's young. He's entering his prime. He's a guy I think could score thirty-five goals. He could have 
you know, 70, even 80 points. I mean, he's that good. So, uh, he's, I mean, I could see him being a piece for the future, but I could also see him getting dealt. Maybe not in the next couple of days, but during the off season or the new future. Okay, I have this right that the NHL trade trade deadline as we record this is this Monday. Is that is that right, Bill? Correct. Okay, at three p.m. So so, who's on the move from Buffalo? I, I mean, I know during the eighteen game losing streak, it was. Many people, including me, I was like, "Screw it, just trade everybody." I mean, who who the heck is some special? You know, oh, he's immovable. I mean, give me a break. This team is in in the basement of the NHL. Just trade and start over. I don't care who it is, Darlene, Eichel. I don't care who it is. Um, I've cooled a little bit on that, but yeah, there's still a piece of me that says, "Screw it, why not move people?" Uh, Taylor Hall's out there. There's other pieces that maybe the Sabers. Uh, could could ship out of town. There's contenders who are eyeing some people. Obviously, there's contractual problems with the amount of money with guys like Oposo and others. Who's going to be on the move out of Buffalo before the trade deadline? Well, I mean, there will be some deals. How many? I'm not. Sh- I mean, I'm not sure if simply every guy who has an expiring contract will be traded. I think Taylor Hall will definitely be traded. Um, they've held him out of games. I mean, they're protecting an asset. I mean. Maybe they don't get what they want. I mean, you know, there's rumors they want a first-rounder for him. Uh, I don't know if he's he's worth that. Um, whether he's played this year, he hasn't been good. But, I mean, he will almost certainly be traded. Uh, you, hit, you have guys like, um, I'm sorry, I'm just going through the list here of unrestricted free agents. Brandon Matour yep. uh, is an unrestricted free agent following the season. I mean, he'll more than likely be traded. He's he's a big asset, uh, just a right-handed defenseman um he hasn't had the best year but he's come on lately uh he, he's another guy entering his prime and he probably in my opinion might have more value than taylor hall i agree with levels. you yep yep so uh you, you'll see guys like that go then there's there's guys like riley shahan who who could be a good third or fourth liner for for a team uh a contender uh not a very uh high profile guy but just does a lot of things well guys like him have value but i, I think I think anyone's in play, and I, I don't think Rasmus is going to be traded or anything like that. Or I don't think Jack Eichel's obviously going to be traded right now. Obviously, he's hurt. But I think when he's been this bad, when it was clearly broken, uh, or is clearly broken, I think anything's in play. And so does that mean uh, Sam Reinhardt gets traded? Uh, does that mean uh, you see, uh, you know, who knows? Um, like just uh, Victor Olsen, I don't think he'll get traded, but I mean, he has value. Would someone want him? I mean, do you just try anything at this point? What's going on with Jack Eichel? Uh, the the injury, his future. Um, obviously, he's been outspoken about the losing. You mentioned Reinhardt. I mean, there's there's a few of these cornerstone, quote unquote, cornerstone guys who, I mean, they haven't sniffed anything besides the basement of the league. Um, what, what about what about the guy who represents the team the most in in the captain and Jack Eichel? Well, right now he's. He's hurt. He has an upper body injury. He's out indefinitely. He, uh, we believe it's the neck area, uh, and we don't. I mean, we don't know if he's going to play again this season. They've said that he could, but I mean, when you have an injury like that, I mean, he's missed a month now, and there's only a month left. You wonder if it's just worth shutting him down at this point. But like you say, I mean, things things have been so bad for these six years, and he's frustrated. And to his credit, he's never said he wanted out. And any speculation. 
uh, or any rumors or whatever about him wanting out, wanting to be traded are just, they're just speculation. They're just people, you know, thinking that after six years or five years or whatever, that he's going to want a fresh start, that he's a, an elite player right. and he wants to play in the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's never said anything that he wants out, but I mean, you wonder if it's reached that point with him and you, you wonder if the Sabres, if, if it's reached the point where it's like, well, it, it's, it's been this long, we have to move on. We have to try something different. I mean, it could be at this, at this point, especially, I mean, they're on track to finish, but dead last in the league. I mean, he's had a, he's had a tough year, just battling injuries. I mean, he was hurt before he suffered the, uh, the upper body injury a month ago. So you just wonder if it's time to kind of, Try something different, and he, obviously he has a ton of value. Uh, he has a no trade or no movement clause kicking in soon, so they would have to make the trade in the next whatever year. Or I'm not sure when it kicks in. Forgive me, but I mean you can trade him. But I think the important thing is, I mean you have to get something back that can help you right away. I mean you can't trade him for whatever oh no you need you need that's exactly right you need a front line yeah you need ready to go guys you need a number one center from somewhere else you need a you need maybe a number two you need a maybe a grinder you need maybe an ab i mean here's the thing there were a few deals out there billy uh with the rangers rumors of course and i just think that's an unbelievable fit for both sides the rangers have so many pieces but for some reason they get all these guys and they look flashy at times, but they can't put it together for a couple of weeks. I mean, they're, they're a fun team. They score a lot. And then all of a sudden they lose two games in, in the worst way and they just stop scoring. Um, that's just kind of been the Rangers MO for a little while, but they have really good pieces and Eichel, maybe, you know, new place, New York, uh, maybe, you know, he buys in, he likes the history of the game. Maybe he buys into the original six stuff. Every time I throw on a Ranger game, I'm loving what I see out of Chris Kreider. I see Kreider score every single time I flip on highlights. Uh, they've got a bunch of guys on the second line who maybe they can use. Maybe you can pluck a defenseman. Hey, maybe you can take another guy on the roster with Eichel and make it a blockbuster. I mean, I, to me, that Rangers fit seems to be one of the best ones in the league, if not the best. Well, and they have his college coach, David Quinn. Good point. But I think I think with the Rangers, I mean, I was talking about this with someone the other day. I think if you want to trade Jack like all the Rangers or whatever, I mean, you have to get Alexei Lafreniere back. You have to get one of their young defensemen back, Keandre Miller. I mean, yeah, maybe a cackle. Maybe you get a ca- you know, you get cackle yeah, back. There, I mean, there has to be a, a you know, obviously a big big return because they can't. I mean, they just can't, as we said, take picks. They need because if they if they trade him and they screw it up, I mean, it's going to set the franchise back oh. years again. And at this point, they can't afford to be set back years. No, there's no doubt. Um, is there any feeling uh, about who the head coach could be next year? No. Uh, at this point, to me, the best candidate is Don Granado. I mean, let's face it, it's not a very attractive job. I mean, just with the way <laughs> the Sabres, the losing, the constant regime changes. I mean, every coach that's come here has just, I mean, they've just left here and they've they have never been a head coach again, other than Lindy Ruff. Right. I mean, we talked about the last, you know, eight years. I mean, it's it's been a bad, bad job, and I don't think it's that attractive. And I think the Pagoulas are at the point they don't want to pay uh 
ton of money for a coach. And when you look at Don Granado and what he's been able to get out of the Sabres so far, how he's been able to get Rasmus Dahlin back on his game, how he's able to, uh, again, small sample size, but he's been able to get Casey Middlestat to kind of take that next step, uh, how he's been able to stabilize them and make them a, a normal competitive team again. I think, in my opinion, he's he's the best candidate right now. And uh, he's an interesting guy. He's a hockey lifer. He's coached at all these different levels. He's won championships. He's been in uh, He's been ECHL, excuse me, he won a championship in the ECHL. He was AHL coach of the year, I believe, with Wooster. Um, he's coached college. He, he's coached the United States Development Team Program. Uh, he's been an NHL assistant. He's done a little of everything, and he's he's very well prepared for this moment. I'm impre- I didn't know what to expect with him, but I've been very impressed. And I think he would, to me, he would be as good a candidate as anyone. Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. (gasps) She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshall's. I got two more quick questions for you, Bill. Again, Bill Hoppy, Sabres Insider, Beatman, Buffalo Hockey Beat, uh, buffalohockeybeat.com, and at Bill Hoppy NHL on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Stanley Law Offices and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. Uh, you, you, you look at um, the, the word culture is thrown around sports all the time, especially in the NFL. I mean, my God, if we heard culture anymore and got a nickel for it we'd you know we'd have how, how many millions of dollars in the bank right um culture in the nhl is talked about and is important and in buffalo i mean gosh elliot friedman you hear you know the guys on spit and chicklets you hear people in western new york i mean how bad how bad is it in terms of Buffalo's just this awful place. Culture losing. Like, how bad are people talking about Buffalo? How 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 much stuff is getting out about how bad it is? Oh, it's it's, it's not a good environment. It, it, it's a it's a bad culture. It's it's kind of become, uh, you know, the least desirable location in the league. Given uh, just not just the losing, but just you know some of the things you hear and, and just the way guys' careers just sour when they get here. I mean, we use the term saberize, but the, the way these guys come here in the prime of their careers are coming off a, you know, a, a good run with another team. And, and they just, I mean, they, they do nothing. And I mean, look at Taylor Hall. I mean, Taylor Hall didn't have a great year last year. He was battling some injuries. I don't think he fit with Arizona, but I mean, he's a guy, he's 29. He won the MVP, whatever, three, four years ago. And you expect him to have at least a, a pretty solid season especially he's done like, nothing yeah i mean two goals <laughs> in 37 games so that i mean that's that speaks to just how bad things are whether 
whether that's a result of the way things are off the ice and on the ice, or, or I don't know what exactly it's the result of, but, I mean, it, it, it speaks to how bad things have been in Buffalo. And if you're a player, you know, with options, I mean, why would you come here? No I doubt, mean, no doubt. T- Taylor Hall, I mean, you, you win an MVP – Within a couple of years, you should never have a year that he's having, regardless of who's around you. I mean, you should be able to at least right. create, even just create on your own if you don't play on a top line. You, you can play with a couple of marginal forwards and, and a couple of marginal defensemen because you're one of the top talents in the league. You should be able to to do something. And by the way, Eric Stahl, I, I think I saw he scored an overtime goal, right, just uh, just after leaving the, the Sabres. So it's uh, <laughs> people. First game. Yeah, first game. That's right. It was the first game. All right, final thing for uh, you, Bill. Uh, what's the latest on the Rochester Americans here? Give me a state of the union. I know you're covering the AHL club there of the Sabres on off-Sabre nights. You've been killing it with the prospects and the games and uh, everything in between. So just kind of give – people a, a state of the union on that club out, out out there in rochester well it's such an odd AHL season as you know i mean yeah, there's yeah. probably not going to be playoffs and the amherst are playing i guess three teams they play utica they play syracuse and they play <laughs> cleveland uh, a few times so it's just it's just a bizarre season and and they've had a covid pause and utica's had a long covid pause and they've had games postponed so it's it's hard to get a feel and then you throw in the nhl taxi squad so you're oh, taking yeah. four or what a five or six of your top ahl players and you're, you're putting them in the nhl so there's a lot of uh you know echl type guys in the AHL this year but uh, they've had they've had a decent season I mean they've been uh, they've been fun to watch they have some solid prospects they have Uka Pekka Lukanen in goal who's been to have the Sabres goalie of the future uh, I think he's had he's struggled coming out of the COVID pause he's, he, he lost his groove and uh, I don't think he's been as sharp the last few games um, they have Jack Quinn who's the Sabres first round pick mm-hmm. uh Last year, he's in a normal season. He wouldn't even be eligible to play in the AHL, but uh, he's getting some interesting development playing against men as a teenager. Uh, and then there, there's there's other guys. Uh, Brett Murray is an unheralded prospect. I think who I think's done pretty well. You could he was on the Sabres taxi squad a couple days, a couple weeks ago. He's a guy you could hear from in the future. So I mean, they're they're a fun competitive team, but it's just such an interesting or just such an odd year uh, for the AHL. It's hard to get a gauge on uh, on some of the things. BuffaloHockeyBeat.com. Go check out the website, the Sabres Insider and Beatman for that group, the Times-Herald as well, WBFO contributor, Bill Hoppy on Twitter, at Bill Hoppy NHL. Bill, thank you, bud. All right. Thanks, Mike. We'll do it again soon, I hope. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Bryant and Stratton College. Log on to bryantstratton.edu for every and in life, Bryant and Stratton College. Classes are starting soon, two and four-year degrees, a bunch of added degrees you can get as well, including a nursing program at Bryant and Stratton College. And if you're in and around Central New York, two great locations are coming uh, from in-state or out-of-state uh, in, in Syracuse, James Street, and of course in Liverpool, a lot of options, man. Athletics, academics, and excellence right now at Bryant and Stratton College, a proud ML Sports Platter title sponsor. A big thanks as well to Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. Find out more on social media. Follow Stanley Law Offices all over the place. 
as well as visiting stanleylawoffices.com. That's stanleylawoffices.com. I'm thrilled to bring on the second guest of this podcast show, a guy whose work I've been following for a long time. I can't say enough about his book, Brady vs. Manning, that I read. He is a former columnist of the Dallas Morning News, the New York Daily News, HBO Inside, the NFL alum as well. He's a Hall of Fame voter uh, and a New York Times bestselling author of that Brady versus Manning book. He also is the podcast host of The Goat, Tom Brady. It is the terrific Gary Myers, and you can follow him on Twitter at Gary Myers NY. Gary, it's such an honor to have you. How are you? Oh, it's my pleasure, Mike. How are you doing? I'm really well. Um, been a fan, obviously, for a long time of yours. Love that Brady Manning book. And, you know, Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl this past season. I mean, what, what's going through your mind when he wins another one, this time outside of Foxborough? Well, I, I thought just in terms of his legacy, um, I, I really thought it was important for him to win one away from Belichick to prove once and for all that he was as responsible, if not more so, uh, responsible for what happened in Foxborough over those 20 years as Belichick was. And the fact that it also came in a year that New England didn't make the playoffs for the first time since 2008 and had their first losing season since the season before Brady became the starter, I think it really kind of hammered home the point that you know, that Tom was, um, Tom might have been the driving force between all the, uh, for all the championships that they, that they won in New England. And um, for him to do it with an organization that really was the losingest organization in the history of professional sports and, and in one year changed the culture and uh, win a Super Bowl, become the first team to play the Super Bowl on their home field. And uh, the, only, the only sad part about it, for the Bucks and for Brady, I'm sure, is that it came in a year where there were little to no fans in the stands, and then to play the Super Bowl on your home field and, I don't know, have like 15,000, 20,000 fans there instead of 65,000, um, it, it would have been even more special, but um, just an amazing accomplishment for him, obviously. I love that Brady-Manning book, and those two guys, obviously great competitors, first ballot Hall of Famers, and Manning going into the Hall of Fame class here upcoming in 2021. We'll get to that group in a minute, but as far as Brady and Manning go through through the years, where do you think they're the most similar, and where are they the most different? Um, well, I think they're, they're, they're most similar in just being incredible competitors, and and making everybody around them better, Mike. Um, there, are, there are certainly a lot of great quarterbacks in the history of this league, but the, the list is narrowed to those who really raised the level of the play of everybody. And I, I think we saw that in a lot of the years in New England when Brady didn't have the best group of skill position players, and they were still winning Super Bowls. We saw that in Indianapolis when um, Peyton was continually winning 10 or more games every year and a lot of times um, his skill his skill group wasn't great or they, they didn't have a great running game or whatever but or their defense wasn't uh, playoff caliber and, and, and just being around Peyton I think made everybody better and I, I think that's really the, the 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 one characteristic 
that um, I would draw from just observing them their entire careers is just their competitiveness and almost like their presence intimidated everybody to be their best, you know, 24-7, you know, or every, every second they were on the field or, you know, risk incurring the wrath of, you know, one of the all-time greats. Um, the, the biggest difference, I thought, is um, personality-wise, what you see publicly is, you know, Peyton being this friendly, personable guy with, a, you know, a great personality that is in every commercial and Tom being much more guarded publicly. And I knew them differently. I, I thought I thought what we saw of Tom last year in, in Tampa and everybody's going, where's this guy been for 20 years? You know, because he was funny and and much more open with his feelings. Um, that was the Brady I really got to know when when I did the book. And um, But I don't think a lot of people had gotten to see that side of him until this past year. But, um, you know, personality-wise, they're a lot more similar than people would have imagined. But it was, the biggest difference was that Peyton allowed people to see that, and Tom really didn't. Tell you what, I, the, the book was so good. I, I remember I read it so fast. I think I read it in just a couple of days <laughs> because I, I couldn't put it down. And part of the, re- I mean, your writing is amazing, but the Brady, uh, the Brady practice squad reps are just. I mean, it, it's you know trying to pull him off the field. No, I'm not going off the field for anything. I mean, he's been out there for hours and he will not give up a practice rep. The guy practices like it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, part of this. Um... It really comes back to his days at Michigan where he had such a hard time getting on the field. Right. And so when he gets to New England and he, he's finally the starter, um, he didn't want to give any of his backups an opportunity to prove to Belichick on the practice field that they were better equipped to be the quarterback than he was. So the worst job in sports was probably being Brady's backup <laughs> because not only couldn't get into a game, but you couldn't even get on – onto the field and, and take any reps. Um, and I, again, I think that traces back to to what happened at Michigan where it took him until his fourth year to to get on the field. And, and once he got on, he, he just didn't want to ever come off. And I think that's still true. Uh, it was true through his final year in New England. I know that in Tampa last season, he did take some Wednesdays off to try to preserve his arm and, and finally concede that he's 43 years old. Um, and maybe he was just feeling a little bit more secure. I don't know that he ever felt secure uh, with Belichick as his coach. He spent some time at the Dallas Morning News, New York Daily News, of course, a New York Times bestseller, Brady versus Manning author Gary Myers with us on Twitter, at Gary Myers NY, longtime football insider and writer. And you're doing some stuff here on, on the podcast circuit. Uh, you're the host of The GOAT, Tom Brady. Uh, give my listeners an idea, and people can download it all over where, where they get podcasts on their smartphone device, but give my listeners a little bit of an idea of some of the content that goes into that show. Yeah, originally it was going to be kind of an offshoot of my of my Brady Manning book, uh, but just centered on Tom. So I had a lot of the interviews that I did from the book that I was able to bring them to life by letting uh, people listen to the interviews. You know, it's different when you're just reading the quotes in a book yep. compared to actually hearing the audio. 
And so I, I thought I was able to bring the book to life somewhat. And then I just supplemented it um, with a lot of interviews that I did as last season was unfolding. And I did a, a lot of what we call bonus episodes where the first 12 episodes were really just about the path that Brady or the journey that he was on from high school to signing with the Bucks, And then as they started getting hot in December, uh, we did what I mentioned called bonus episodes where it was more in real time about what was happening uh, at that particular moment. So I did about eight of those right through the week after the Super Bowl where it was all fresh interviews with lots of um, people in, in the football industry and I, it was my first uh, attempt at doing a, a podcast. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of writing. I mean, I wrote my scripts and and then went through all my interviews and had to decide where in the podcast I wanted to pop in those interviews. Um, I put as much work into that podcast, I would say, overall, as I did into any of my books. Wow. It was really a time-consuming project, but... Um, I, I really enjoyed it, and then I had a great producer who was able to kind of put it all together and make me sound good, and uh, I, I hope people get a chance to listen to it. So this class of 2021 in the NFL, uh, you've got you know Alan Fanica, Tom Flores, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Peyton Manning, the headliner, Bill Nunn, Drew Pearson, Charles Woodson. It's really a, a terrific class. You've covered a lot of those guys what stands out to you about this class? What should people know about this group? You know, on the field, off the field, everything in between, the intangibles, uh, uh, how all these guys were winners in their own way. You know, wh- however you would go with it, wh- what do people need to know about this group? Well, first of all, the guy I'm most happy for is Drew Pearson. I, I covered the end of his career the last three, four years when I worked for the Dallas Morning News, and he should have been in such a long time ago, Mike. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, really by the so. way, Gary, he kind of reminds me as a Cowboys wide receiver. Uh, he's kind of like to the Cowboys what Andre Reed was to the Bills for me. Um, you know, it took too long, super undervalued. Right, but at least Andre Reed got in as a modern era candidate. True. Drew yeah, that's the difference. Yep. Go through the 20 years of not getting in as a modern guy. No doubt. And then all these years that he's been eligible but wasn't selected as the senior candidate. So. You know, it comes at a point in his life, he's in his late 60s, and, you know, thank goodness he's healthy and um, and still can really, really enjoy this. And uh, I, I just felt so good for him. Uh, as far as the, um, the rest of the class, you know, you have three first-time uh, eligibles in Peyton, who was a given, Charles Woodson, who was a, pretty much a given, and then um, Megatron, who... Um, Calvin Johnson, who I wasn't positive was going to get in on the first ballot. I thought he was kind of borderline. And when I think a lot, too much is made of the first ballot. And I have no problem a guy getting in the first time if I think he's one of the five most deserving in a particular year. And um, I I thought that uh, Richard Seymour deserved to get in. He's been a, a finalist for a number of years. And I wasn't sure that Calvin Johnson should jump the line over Richard Seymour, who won a bunch of Super Bowls in New England and was very important um, to their championships, the early part, even that like, first phase of the first three. 
Um, and then uh, Alan Fanica was there were four offensive linemen. There's four offensive linemen who were kind of grouped together. Uh, Kevin Mawai, who got in first of that group, then um, uh, Steve Hutchinson. Uh, now Alan Fanica and I would feel 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 fairly certain that um, Tony Baselli will get in next year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought Alan was very deserving. And then John Lynch has been a finalist again, another one of those guys forever. With the offensive line, we had to kind of break up that group and get one in at a time and finally break the log jam. Same thing at safety. There's been a bunch of safeties lately who've been really deserving, including John. And um, I would think that Leroy Butler has a really good chance of getting in, getting in next year. How hard is it being a Hall of Fame voter? Well, it's fun. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure you're referring to, like, the decision. Yeah, right, the decision process, yep. Um, you know what? I, I find um, I, I don't have that hard a time narrowing down the list. Okay. You know, initially we're given a list of 75 to 100. And um, just about anybody that uh, is eligible or is on that list is a great player. Now, the, the, the suggestions can come from fans or from voters or other media people or whatever, but it, it's, the initial list is great. And getting it down to 25, you know, unfortunately you have to leave some people off. But once we get to 25, it, you know, it, it's really serious at this point. Everybody on the list of 25 is deserving. And so getting it to 15 is, I find, like a difficult cut down. And then I'll go into the meeting, maybe having a preconceived notion on who I want my final five to be, but I'm always um, open-minded about having my opinion change if somebody makes a really strong case for uh, one of the candidates. And I never lose sight of how important this is to all the candidates and the impact it makes on their life. So I, I take it extremely serious. And I know the other voters do also. Um, everybody's got their own way of figuring out who they think deserves to be in. And sometimes the arguments can be, get pretty heated, but I think the process is terrific. All right, final thing, Gary. I just wanted to chat a little Syracuse University with you. I know you, you went there. Um, when were you there, and what did, what did you enjoy the most, you know, when you look back at some of those memories? Yeah, I was there from... Uh, my freshman year was the fall of 72, and I graduated in 76. Okay. I, had no, I had no choice but to graduate on time because I knew my parents would not pay for one extra day for <laughs> me to be there. Um, I, I was in the Newhouse School. and uh, Jim Beheim's first year, too, huh? No, actually, um, he was an assistant coach during my four years there. Well, first year has had... First year has had coming out like you 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 graduated and he he started yes that's exactly right he was hired when uh roy danforth left in the spring of 76 so after the 75 76 season unbelievable and jim was very close to taking a job at the university of rochester yep um and then roy left and and jim got the job so obviously uh a lot of lives changed as a result of that but i think you know a lot of people tell you um, Syracuse is just a great place 
um, to go to college. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. I made lifetime friendships there. People that uh, when Syracuse was playing in the tournament recently, we had a text chain of like ten or twelve <laughs> of friends who you know I graduated with and. We were, it's like we were watching the game together back at Manly Fieldhouse. That's what it felt like. Right, right. So uh, I, I really enjoyed Syracuse. Uh, I had some great professors at Newhouse. Um, um, like I said, made some great friends. And uh, a few years ago, I, I taught a one-credit class there in the spring for two years. It was uh, we met once a week for four weeks. It was a, a class on um, in Newhouse about. Uh, expressing opinions, sports opinions, on multiple platforms, and I had mostly upperclassmen and graduate students, and there were about fifteen or eighteen kids in the class, and I did it for two years, and I really enjoyed enjoyed it. I felt it was a way of giving back, but um, the commuting, even though it was only once a week for four weeks, it just it just kind of wore me out. And uh, after doing it for two years, I, I passed it on to my friend, Rich Samini, who works for ESPN. Sure. And, uh, and he's a Syracuse grad as well. And uh, he's going to do it again this year. I think this might be his fourth year doing it, something like that. And uh, I, I guess he likes driving a lot more than I do because he doesn't really have a problem with the commute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, this has just been great to have you. Gary Myers on Twitter, at Gary Myers NY, the podcast host of The Goat, Tom Brady. Go download and subscribe to that. Listen all over the major platforms. The former columnist of the Dallas Morning News, New York Daily News, a Syracuse alum, a Hall of Fame voter, and a New York Times bestselling author of Brady versus Manning. You can get all of his books all over Amazon.com, major bookstores, online where books are sold from Coaching Confidential to My First Coach, and how about them Cowboys and the catch and again brady versus manning as well go get them all gary thank you so much man thanks for having me on mike i enjoyed it the nl sports platter is brought to you by the al and angus pub cny electrical dave choate artwork and our great great friends over at sit mean sit syracuse the best dog training in central new york any breed any behavior and any dog, they will make your experience with your pup a heck of a lot better with the top-notch training they deliver. Sit means sit Syracuse. Go visit them on Facebook. Free consultations are taking place as we speak. Huge tip of the cap. Thank you to Bill Hoppy from buffalohockeybeat.com and the longtime NFL author and columnist and now podcast host Gary Myers for joining this particular episode of the NL Sports Platter, which you can find all over the major platforms on Google, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeart, Amazon Music, CastBox. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review, and hit me at Mike L Sports on Twitter. The NL Sports Platter is a part of the Brawl Network, and as I always tell you, enjoy the games. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com cloud. 
Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.